inescapable love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter! Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches read Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And today we're talking about the first part of Chapter 27, Padfoot Returns, in which the second task is over! Woo! Uh, Ron and Hermione are now in the spotlight for a bit for being objects of affection and adventure. Uh, Ron gets a slight ego boost from lying about doing more than he did under the lake, aka being passed the fuck out the entire time. Hermione, less so because kids are mean and she does not want her personal business with her boyfriend all over the school. Which, whoops, I guess don't date famous people because you will also stay in the tabloids. Anyway, it's March, and Sirius is meeting the gang in Hogsmeade, which is incredibly dangerous, but also on brand for our favorite lovable rake. The afternoon of the Hogsmeade's visit, unfortunately, is double potions, because of course it is. To make matters worse, the Slytherins let Hermione and Harry know that they actually are in the tabloids, because Rita Skeeter has contrived a YA bestseller-worthy love triangle story that is 100% false because clearly Hermione can do better than Harry, even if Harry is rich as fuck. Hermione thinks this is all ridiculous because logically, why the fuck would anyone care about her, some nobody? My sweet summer child Hermione. (sighs) Anyway, uh, our queen is asking the real questions, which is how the fuck did Rita even know about Victor asking her out over the summer? It was a supposedly private conversation, and we are not yet at the place where the twins have invented ascendable ears. Ron, of course, is not helping because he's already suspicious and jealous, which Hermione knows, and is making it honestly very awkward for Harry because he and us really need the info that Rita could have not known this without some kind of duplicity happening. This is the exact moment when Snape walks over to bully these kids, and bully he does because he begins to read the whole shitty tabloid article to the whole class and then splits the trio up. Harry ends up right by Snape's desk so Snape can get in some extra bullying and honestly good on Harry for not throwing his whole ass cauldron in Snape's face. Snape does bring up the stolen goods from the storeroom because it's Snape and threatens Harry with the ultimate truth serum Yikes. Thankfully, Karkaroff walks in to speak with Snape in a deeply, deeply suspicious manner. So, Harry knocks over some armadillo bio, ugh, so he can overhear the convo from the floor. Karkaroff shows Snape something on his forearm, clearly freaked, and Snape is like, this is literally not the place for you to show me your dark mark. Not a euphemism. Harry does, doesn't have enough info to know what the fuck this whole situation means, so he flees when Snape spots him. Yes, and we were joined for this episode by some very special guests, uh, the hosts of the Goblet of Wine podcast, 
Goblet of Wine is hosted by two British lifelong Harry Potter fans, Hannah and Charlie, who are rereading their favorite childhood book chapter by chapter with added alcohol and cynicism. The podcast is great for HP fans who want to revisit the story through an adult lens, aka not safe for work. And with the added bonus of British accents, Hannah and Charlie lovingly tear apart the books, pointing out plot holes, anti-feminist moments, transphobia, fatphobia, and most of all, dick jokes. They have a unique blend of intelligent literary criticism one minute and drunken chaos the next. All of which is very true. And it was a great conversation. Um, We were on their podcast a few weeks ago, and that was also a super fun conversation that you should check out if you're looking for a place to start listening to them. And especially if you want a sneak peek into the kind of conversations we'll be having in book six which is the book that Goblet of Wine is in. So when we guessed guessed with them, we talked about everyone's raging hormones. It's great. Yeah, Yeah, I'll put the link to their episode that we were on in the show notes. Hello, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, If you folks could just take a second to say hi and your name so that people will hopefully be able to tell your voices apart, though I heard backstage that that's uh, difficult sometimes for American listeners. Uh, (laughs) That's where we're going to start anyway. Yeah, hi. So I'm Charlie, she, her. Uh, To try and tell my voice apart from Hannah, it's, I think, a tiny bit deeper and a tiny bit more nasal. You literally went deeper to try to do that. It's a tiny bit deeper. I'm really deep. No, but like a teeny tiny bit. Uh, I'm Hannah, also she, her. I am the other host of Goblet of Wine, and apparently my voice is ever so slightly higher pitched. (laughs) Yeah, and I have the more annoying laugh. <laughs> and if if you hear heavy breathing, it's it's her. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna jump right into it, beginning with today's headlines: Harry Potter's secret heartache. Yes, <laughs> Rita did the work for me this week. Okay. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, like, well, I was listening to the chapter because I did the audio, but I was like, it feels so appropriate that we had one. We'll like journalism yeah yeah always always love that yeah and it's a it's a romance emotion heavy chapter which uh we we just love i love the the fun silly stuff yeah we had to move things around because the way it was going to line up was that you folks are going to be here for the second half of the chapter where everything's just depressing in a cave and we were like "Mm, no like give them the fun bit (laughs) thank you thank you yeah sure thing all right so we're going to turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else and so we just take it in turns so um if one of you will choose which one of you will be the first that will set our order um, I sh- do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. My first one is at the top of the chapter. I didn't know what other section to put it in. I just love Ron changing his story with each telling of the mer people thing. It's so teenagery and so Ron for him to be like, yeah, you know, I was put to sleep to I was kidnapped by fifty <laughs> mermaids. I love it. It's so good. I also love that. This is one of our rare, not rare, this is one of our moments where we're like, oh, Harry Potter is a really good person sometimes, because the chapter just opens with Harry being like, one of the best parts about 
this thing where like I've done really well and everyone's like really impressed with me is that Ron feels good. You're like, that's so cute. It is really cute. At the end of the day, Harry for most of the books is a really good friend to Ron and does really want him to share the limelight and have his moment. And meanwhile is an awful friend to Hermione. Yeah, terrible friend to Hermione, but she's a woman. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. Women do not matter. (laughs) For anyone about to cut, that is a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm no longer listening to their gaily prophet because they are sexist. Oh, I I think people who listen to our podcast are going to know. (laughs) They wouldn't have made it this far. get people like have a go at us for like us being sarcastic about that kind of thing and it's like how How did you make it this far yeah how'd you get past the first three episodes (laughs) yeah maybe they're diving in late which i mean i personally the idea of starting a podcast with episode one especially the idea of someone starting our podcast with episode one i'm like don't why why would you no don't do that do do that but learn how to podcast you start with episode 90 (laughs) And then you love us, and then you go back in time once you love us, and then you listen to us learn how to podcast. Yeah. Unfortunately, our best joke sits in episode one, though, which I don't know what we can do about that. Yeah. We'll get there eventually, though. Just yeah. let them fall in love with you first. Our, like, yeah, our one saving grace of our like first episode is we discuss, one, how cold it would be when baby Harry was left on the doorstep, and then also what way doors open, and it ended up with us saying that Harry would just be a block of ice punted across the garden (laughs) Petunia opens the door in the morning to get the newspaper and just whack whack. Uh, which if the person that uh, tried to cancel me for saying I hate children would listen to I don't think they would like it (laughs) my one other kind of point that headline point wouldn't fit anywhere else is just the line that Snape says about Harry being a pint-sized celebrity because I love every reminder that Harry is a short king like (laughs) (laughs) I saw something recently on TikTok about like fan fictions trying to wreck on the fact that Harry got like tall because it says he grows each summer it's like yeah he grows because he was really short at 11 he's still short like canonically this is a short man and we love that (laughs) absolutely so yeah charlie what is your first thing here i didn't really have anything in other to be honest (laughs) totally fine uh jesse so i don't remember is this our first instance about which weekly or our first mention i feel like if it has been mentioned before it's in passing with mrs weasley yeah i think no sorry no sorry you guys i'm i'm wrong uh Lockhart mentions that oh, like he's right. on the cover like a bunch of times. The five-time yeah. winner of the Witch Weekly Most Charming Smile Award. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so this is a like fashion magazine and tabloid in one. I'm just like trying to figure out what I think it's like is good going housekeeping. On. It's like <laughs> I see it like, yeah, like okay, no, maybe not as trashy as OK magazine or Hello magazine. I'm not sure which like UK magazine I'm. I'm, I'm not very up on. But trashy at the time mags. when this was written, there were so many trashy mags in the UKs that would just go into like celebrities and recipes, and like they'd find one story from a stranger each week. Like my aunt gave birth to five babies, but only one was from the man who like things like that. <laughs> One's like I found out my boyfriend is my dad, and I'm. Five with it. it. <laughs> like, this was, like, hello, okay, um, 
oh heat magazine yeah like, all of these were so popular um in the time the book was written so i can definitely see it but not anymore like i don't feel like magazines like that exist as much mm. anymore what i find wild about this is like i feel like we're already always um thrown so many different clues about the size of the wizarding population and i just it always seems like it's quite small so i don't understand how there's like enough people to like not only like work <laughs> to produce this magazine but to like keep it in circulation because you only need to print one and then you just use magic to copy it over and over again. No, I guess, but it's like, who was working here? And we know that like pretty much every job is like a government job, apparently. Who's producing this magazine? What is the team of... I, I don't understand. And who's buying it? Like the 12 housewives that exist like I uh, oh. sorry I just thought you were about to say like the 12 housewives of the wizarding world so I was like the like, 12 horsemen of the apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you that y'all mentioned that there was that at the time that this book was written there were equivalent magazines there were actually whilst I was talking about that I remember there was this ad this TV ad for the magazine called Heat that used to just say for no reason we're going to London to buy a heat magazine. Oh God, yes. We're going to London <laughs> to buy a heat magazine. And then you'd go on school trips and school to London and you'd all be on the bus singing, we're going to London. To... This ad made no sense. You don't need to go to London to buy heat magazine. It's sold in every corner shop in the UK at the time. But the ad was so addictive. Like... I had somehow repressed that oh, memory. And just... I had until I was talking about magazines. I hope that you are enjoying this really obscure just like British culture trivia because that's basically the podcast is us milking the fact that we're like pretty much the only British Harry Potter podcast. Yeah, we will milk it for all it's worth. So here's some obscure British knowledge for you. Very much appreciated. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think that there are magazines like that here too. Like the one that immediately comes to mind is Good Housekeeping, which is one that would definitely have someone with a sponge cake on the cover, but also there would be it's basically like what do moms want? So it'll be like, there's like a fiction story, like romance story. And then there's like a thing about this celebrity. And then there's like recipes and like tips for losing weight. And, you know, all of all of that. But like moms and teen girls who go to Hogwarts. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. There isn't enough market apparently for a teen girl version of this. Because then in the same time period, you had the teen girl trashy magazines. And oh, was I addicted to these. I was only allowed one a week. Some of my friends would like use their pocket money to buy five a week. And I was so jealous. Yeah. (laughs) They'd always like have your horoscope in. They'd have like um, one of those quizzes where you'd like be like, yes or no to a question and then another one and then another one and like quizzes to be like does your crush like you back if your name begins with l and their name begins with m then they fucking hate you oh sorry can i swear oh yes oh yeah okay good but yeah that was very much the vibe uh but yeah i miss them i think we should bring them back i do but yeah apparently hogwarts does not have the wizarding world does not have a big enough population to separate out the mums and the teenage girls, so they must all share a magazine. It's also possible that Pansy's mom sent her that magazine mm. because she raised a pansy. So, yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. she'd be like, oh, you probably want to read about this. I'm just imagining Pansy's mom is uh, the mom from Mean Girls who's like, I'm not like a regular mom, I'm a cool yes. mom. Absolutely. That sounds really accurate. <laughs> That's my mom. <laughs> 
she does actually own like a pink velour juicy couture tracksuit so oh my god <laughs> yeah she does uh, okay <laughs> i don't know why this this was the moment but when snape glides up to the table i was like in my head, he's just now wearing rollerblades, and I don't think I will ever be able to unthink it. Oh my god. <laughs> no, it would be so good, because I imagine his robe's so long, you can't really see the exactly. rollerblades, so it's just tell. like... <laughs> I am obsessed with that. <laughs> uh, that, or just Heelys. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, actually, yes. Yeah. That makes so much sense because you just really can't glide in like a regular shoe. It's just not, especially on like a stone. Well, maybe, yeah, if he's wearing socks, he could be like <laughs> sliding, but that's more dramatic. Or maybe the grease from his hair has just coated the floor oh. so much that he just, yeah, just can slide about on his own film. He's in there like waxing the floor every night just so that he <laughs> can do dramatic gliding up to the tables. <laughs> We know Snape is the most dramatic man. He 100% waits around corners and behind doors until he hears his name mentioned so he can be, like, talking about me, Potter. Like, he 100%... There's too many instances in the book for that man to just turn up randomly. Yeah, he has a Google alert turned on in his brain for his name. Mm Yeah, he lives for the drama, for sure. Yes. I mean, big mood, to be honest. Mm -hmm. All right, Jesse. I just want to say that it's kind of shocking that, okay, so Ron says so many mean things to Hermione, to her face, through the course of these books. But where he is scandalized is being like, Rita Skeeter has written you like some kind of scarlet woman. And I'm like, this is the thing that you feel weird about. Like, out of all the really fucked up shit you say to Hermione. It's kind of, on one hand, it's kind of like slut shaming is the worst thing that can be done in the wizarding world. Like, you can go through all this terrible stuff, but a woman can't have two boyfriends (laughs) at 14, even though that isn't true. But I think Ron also does have that very classic thing of, this is my friend that I can tease, but no one else must be mean to her. Like, she is mine to bully and no one else's. Yeah, Mm. I I mean, as someone that literally watched Easy A on Sunday, (laughs) the moment I read this, I suddenly just like wanted to write a piece of fan fiction as Hermione doing Easy A. <laughs> she could have made bangs. That's see- all I'm saying. I'm just seeing it, like her turning up to school in a corset. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Lying that she slept with everyone. Yep. Like, Write the fan fiction. Okay, fine. Ginny would be supportive of this so hard. You know, oh, you know yeah, she would yeah. be. Welcome to the education section, where we talk about this goddamn school. <laughs> I think we're we're all probably working from the same point here, which yeah, is yep. motherfucking Severus Snape. Y- yep, yep. <laughs> I'm just I'm just finding the right bit. Yep, yep. It's all in green. It's just Snape, 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 Snape. Mm-hmm. Intelligently yeah. put. Yeah. I. Is there no rule no. against using Veritaserum on a student? Because I feel like there uh, should be. Well, yeah, he says it's like very controlled by the ministry. This isn't just a school issue; it's a law issue. But, but then, he full on is going to do it. Like, I just why does Harry not? I don't know. Go to someone. 
like Dumbledore, McGonagall, you know, be like, hey, should this teacher be threatening me? This kind of feels like not the vibe. Harry doesn't know how to explain that things are going wrong to other people. He must sort everything himself. Mm. He's also in the predicament, the like boy who cried wolf predicament with mm. Snape because he's accused him of so many things that Snape was in fact not doing. That at this yeah. point, if he went to someone and was like, Snape did this, they'd be like, Harry, let it go. You're obsessed. Yeah. I also, the bit before that where Snape tells the trio off for talking and then sees their reading magazine and decides to read it out loud. At first I was like, oh my God, that's awful. Why would a teacher do that? And then I literally remembered in school, if a teacher caught you texting on your phone, they would take it off you, check it, and sometimes read it out to the class to embarrass you to make sure you didn't do it again. So this is hyper-realistic of like things that, terrible, I'm not saying good teachers, terrible, awful teachers in school. Like to me, this, it it made me really angry. And then I realised like, it's making me more angry than other more evil things Snape does because it's not like so evil you can't imagine it. It's almost like umbrage level of like mm. yeah i absolutely knew teachers who did this i remember your text being read out in class and i used to pass notes back and forth and they would read the notes out thing is though like yeah like a, a text or a note you know it's going to be personal and probably embarrassing but like how did he know that this magazine article was going to be embarrassing it could have just been like any other magazine article and he could have been entertaining the class my point being does snape get which weekly and had he already <laughs> read it yes I'm going to guess that he was going off the headline. Yeah. And the big picture of Harry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I do, I do want to say, though, that on top of this being incredibly fucked up, it's like, you know what else is disruptive to learning? Is the 10 minutes your teacher spends reading this, like, ridiculous article while you're just some random-ass student trying to do this, like, complicated potion. I'm like, this is so rude for everyone trying to learn. No one in Harry's year ever learned anything, ever. Like, I would love to go to Hogwarts not in Harry's year. <laughs> yeah. I... Oh, fuck. <laughs> you got this. Okay, it's just, like, so many parts of this like the one time that you are i feel like totally allowed to talk in class is when you're all like chopping shit up and there's like Mm. nothing else that you're supposed to be doing yeah so like off the bat i'm like snape fuck off there this is talking in class time and then the fact that he's like you can't talk about gossip i am going to talk about your gossip is like he truly is just the we we say it over and over and over and over and over again on the podcast but like the thing that snape does at the end does not redeem all this other stuff does harry have some sort of memory loss because like every book multiple times throughout snape does awful irredeemable horrible bullying things and this is just one of them. This isn't even anywhere near the worst instance of anything that he does. But it's fine, Hannah. He wanted to fuck Harry's mum. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No! Oh, I despise Snape. But yeah, I also yeah truly believe that he would poison Harry. Because yeah, he thinks that Harry is stealing stuff from his store cupboard. Which, to give Snape some credit here, Harry was kind of responsible and involved in the two last stealings mm-hmm. out the personal store cupboard. It doesn't give you an excuse to veritaserum someone, but like to be like, huh, that one was stolen by I think Harry or Hermione, and that one Harry used an ingredient like in a task. Like it's not that big a leap to go, yeah, maybe it's Harry. Yeah, Harry's like I 
technically didn't take either of them like in his narration and he's like Hermione took the first one and then Dobby but it's like for you both times you're you were just outsourcing yeah (laughs) the polyjuice potion was a Hermione joint actually I think both Ron and Harry were like are we sure that this is the only way and she was like yes because I desperately want to brew this potion yeah I'm (laughs) definitely gonna do or do it on that uh, on a sidebar to that I'm just going to bring it up now because it kind of relates. I do love that Harry's inside narrator doesn't go, huh, those are the main ingredients in a polyjuice potion. But if you're like concentrating as a reader, especially because Harry then mentions polyjuice potion, you could be like, whoa, wait a second. They are the ingredients for a polyjuice potion. Someone in this book is not who they say they are. Well, no, because I think the point is, is that Harry assumes he's referencing when they took it. So what, he, two years ago? Yeah, that's what he thinks he's referring to. So it's kind of like... Oh, um, oh shit, I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> I thought it was like two oh. years ago. This dude has a grudge. Gonna no, because Harry actually thinks like, oh, I genuinely didn't take it. Hermione took it. So I think you're supposed to think like Harry that he's referencing all those years ago. Mm, I when see, actually I see, I see. then you read it for the second time and you're like... <gasps> Someone is not who they say they are. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, really, really good foreshadowing in this chapter. I say begrudgingly every time I have to compliment the writing, but, like, mm-hmm. it's good. It's good. It, this is, yeah. a, this is a good. Well-planned out bit of story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, anything else about Snape or education here generally? He's a shithead. That's it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just... Why is he in class walking around with a controlled substance in his pocket? I, why? This is a great question, actually. And then, right. And then the audacity for him to tell Harry that, you know, he is a nasty little boy who considers rules beneath him. Sir. Sir, sir, you literally just said versatium is a controlled substance and you just casually have it in your pocket for what? Also, well, we may as well bring this up because I'm not sure if this has been brought up on your guys' podcast, but we talk about it a lot. Snape in general is an awful teacher. Like everyone's like, oh, he's great at potions. He's not going to be active teaching. Every lesson it's, here are the instructions on the board, follow them. That's not teaching. They could get that from a book, sir. Like, come on, like teach something tell them something don't just say here are the instructions follow them yeah hard agree yeah we've talked about we've definitely talked about the fact that i mean very few teachers at this school are doing any sort of meaningful teaching hence the goddamn school part of the introduction to the section yeah but snape is like one of the biggest offenders for sure yeah, because Dumbledore just keeps hiring people to keep them safe rather than so that they can educate children. For real. Yeah, um, our, we've like very strongly advocated for Snape to work for the like nurse's office. That's not the word I'm looking for. The hospital wing ward. Oh, whatever. yeah. Like making things for Madame Pomfrey because yeah. like, she needs potions all the time. And like he could be doing what he's good at. And not interacting with children and at Hogwarts. Wins yeah. all around. Truly. That's, yeah, good. The Dumbledore should really, you know, Dumbledore just doesn't care. He needs to He needs to hire some podcasters as consultants for how he runs his school, I think, <laughs> is what he needs. 
Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. I had things that I wasn't sure whether should go here or in the next, uh, the editorials bit. My main one, well, one of them being, like, where are the editorial standards? Like, we've discussed this on our, our podcast, but, like, Rita's writing is literally just, like, she just does what she wants. And it's... Where is the, like, oh, this has to be fact-checked, you know? Oh, you can't just say things. Like, the, where's the actual responsibility? Yeah, sorry, I'm just looking for my note on this, but I can make it up if I can't. For some reason, I can't find it. You were, How? You I were really unnerving have... me. You were looking at me like I was talking nonsense. No, I'm literally like, oh, yeah, here it is. The, yeah, I don't. I didn't know whether it fitted in this section or the next section because yeah, it was kind of either. a crossover. But because you said it, I'll read what i wrote which is like the lack of protection for 14 year olds like and i was trying to think like is there actual journalistic protection for children in this country i was Mm. like i think there is but then i was remembering that like when the harry potter actors were this age they were having stories written about them because they were famous and in the public eye but and although these kids like harry is famous the bit that's terrible about it is yeah a there's no protection their full names are being used but they all go to one school so everyone knows their address like you are literally opening up these kids to so much abuse and you could write anything you want this story is completely fabricated yeah but like that's the thing even age aside which yeah is a factor it's just not true and you can't just say oh hermione was you know going out with both of them it's just not true you can't publish that you can't just make it up well yeah that's the thing it falls under i can't remember if libel is verbal or written one's there's libel and there's something else and one's verbal and one's written and like it is illegal to do like in this country you cannot just like falsify something you will get sued and taken to court and maybe you can in the wisney world and harry and hermione just don't know that and Hermione decides do you know what I'm going to take revenge into my own hands but it's the wizarding world and I don't actually imagine there are journalistic standards yeah because yeah. there's no standards for anything no I think this actually goes back to your earlier question about how many people work for which weekly and I'm like if Rita's writing for this and the Daily Prophet there's probably only like five reporters two photographers and like one dude who's a very stressed out editor you know (laughs) and so of course there aren't any journalistic integrity it's like eight people who went to school together probably because this is the like the witching world and it's like we all go to school together we just stick to those same groups for you know so it's Mm -hmm. like why would there be journalistic integrity because it's like it also doesn't appear that there are like lawyers or suing at all which you know is not the best way to like run a government or like establish things but it's the way that we do in um the u.s the uk and australia so like what are you what are you gonna do even if they had the same libel laws as the uk yeah what's hermione gonna do sue rita skeeter how she's gonna trap her in a glass and keep her there for a full year like a totally normal thing for a 15 year old to do it's very normal for a 15 year old to do that well if you can't find a lawyer you know yeah get a free pet yeah exactly yep. oh my god oh my god she just throws a handful of leaves in there every once in a while and is like you'll live do i need bet- an air hole in this bet you miss some tea now rita huh and it's just i don't know 
And then, yeah, the only other point I had within this section, yes, I did, yes, was uh, just to go back to, like, the the slut-shaming of teenagers. Hermione hasn't, A, this isn't true, B, the article is basically, like, she's had two boyfriends in a year. But I think it's because the wizarding world is as far as we know, like, a lot more antiquated than the muggle world. Like, as far as we see over and over again, people marry the people they started going out with in school. They don't have multiple partners. God, like, Hannah, it, imagine being with someone that you, you went to school with, I Hannah. know, it's... it's imagine who... It's Hannah, unrealistic. Hannah's partner she went to school with. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but that's the whole wizarding world. And, like, we do kind of look down slightly on characters in the story who have like dated multiple people and then yeah suddenly we're kind of slut shaming a 15 year old Hermione for possibly having two boyfriends but they're famous so you know she's just going for famous men yeah I feel like it just totally just reeks of misogyny the way that like Rita attacks in reality, this sort of nobody 14-year-old girl yep. and being mm-hmm. like, she's a homewrecker who uses roofies to get what she wants. And I'm just like, this is so fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, what we should realistically be talking about, and we have talked about this endlessly on our podcast because in the end we had to settle on, it is not meant to be a plot point. It is not meant to be viewed this way. But Hermione is 15 and Crumb is 17 or 18 and what Rita should be writing about is why is an 18 year old interested in a 15 year old like is this relationship okay we drew the conclusion on our podcast that like look we're just gonna have to leave it because it's clearly not intended in any sort of like bad way J.K. Rowling just didn't think through that this has like very serious like bad connotations because three years is nothing once you're in your 20s but everything when it's a 15 year old and an 18 year old yeah because i had the note like why is like an 18 year old inviting a 15 year old to come visit him over the summer like that's really not not okay okay. but like the thing that we struggle with is the fact that we quite like crumb so we're like so we're always like we're just gonna head canon that crumb is younger than he actually is because otherwise it stresses us out because yeah, really, the, what the story should be is the fact that this, like, famous and therefore, like, more powerful... Who um, could have anyone he wanted. ...is going after a random child. <laughs> I... I don't know. I I feel like this is re- honestly really rooted in, like, Puritan culture. Like, if you, like... I, I think we're really steeped right now in, like fear about age differences in a way that Mm. I think is kind of silly. And, like, if we all take ourselves back in time to when we were 15 or 17, because I think if he's still in school, he's 17 in the witching world. And, like, remember what that felt like and remember what it felt like to have friends that were two or three years older than you. Like, that didn't feel the kind of dramatic that we want it to feel like as adults, especially in this, like, cultural moment. But, like... I don't know. I had seniors that I was making out with when I was a freshman in high school. It was like chill and fine and like no one was taking advantage of anyone else. 
we've had this we've had this feedback actually from people in other countries before we literally had messages like why are you two like discussing this so much and i think we have it very ingrained in us that like 16 is the age of consent in this country and like relationships that cross that age are in many ways like not good so i always have in my head like yeah hermione's under 16 it's not good because he is like the elder and like someone has to be 16 to fully like consent and think through their actions and everything like that but it is that's like culturally different around the world because yeah we had someone in germany and they were like it's really really not that big a deal and i was like do you mind letting me know like what the age of consent is in your country they were like oh 14 and i was like see i think that's where this difference is coming from in like just culturally mm. i think it's also the kind of thing where it's like you do i will always talk about it like making massive generalizations because you kind of have to but like if we want to talk about age gaps my mum was 16 my dad was 23 like that i'm just but like (laughs) they're still together and you know they're, they're you know very happy but to kind of make generalizations like even when i was 15 i dated a guy that was like 16 or 17 and I mean, you can either, like, trigger warn or, like, edit things out, but that absolutely was not, like, a healthy, consensual... I would hesitate to even call it a relationship. I was very much, like, in a position of being taken advantage of because of my age. Like, I was a lot more naive and I didn't feel like I had any power or control over the situation. And obviously that's not me saying that that is every, you know, teenage relationship with an age difference, but... And I definitely saw other relationships going on at the same time when you were, like, 15 and you would have, like, a 17, 18-year-old and it's just, like, why are they going after someone so much younger? Like, obviously, sometimes it is 100% innocent, but it's also, like, if this guy is famous, that already creates, like, a power imbalance. And I think adding in the age gap just adds to the level of, like, uncomfortable for me personally reading it yeah but at the same time i like it i like yeah, the romance. i like crumb i like hermione getting the attention from crumb so i just kind of have to read it like mentally like aging down yeah. crumb yeah we like brought all this up on our podcast and then we're like and we're just gonna kind of ignore it because at the end of the day hermione is also written as constantly more mature for her age and also we firmly believe that she was also like aged more during third year because she was adding so many more hours onto her week like that girl was physically adding time onto her life so like we're totally cool with crime and hermione but it it's kind of it's bit. kind of written into the books like this is absolutely fine i'm like cool so you're gonna slut shame a 15 year old but you're not gonna question the 18 year old yeah date the 15 year old all right then it's the way that it's not examined yeah um like it's only ever examined in a way that's like slut shamey towards hermione as opposed to being like hmm maybe that's sus of crumb it's like you can't examine the slut shamey side of it and then just brush off the Crumb side of it. I mean, yeah. the skater is not going to come after Victor Crumb. Though. Oh, no. Like, absolutely not. No but, way. like, it, it's never really, like, examined in the text either. Like, I think the closest we get to it being examined is a uh, still slut shamey comment that Ron makes, doesn't he? Where he's being like, oh, I'm sure that's not all he wants or whatever he says. Yeah. Which just comes off as slut shamey, but it's also, like, 
also kind of a valid thing to bring up, you know, um, whilst also being slut shamey. I, I hope it's clear what I mean, you yeah. know? Now I'm just babbling. <laughs> I find actually this conversation to be really interesting because, so in the US, I think it may be very state to state, but in general, the age of consent is 18. Oh, so sort wow. of, it's sort of like, so the sort of mental divide is if you're like a 17-year-old dating a 14-year-old, it's it's it feels less weird than if you're a 14-year-old dating like a 20-year-old. Yeah. Know? And like, and the fact that, uh, yeah, Victor, if, if like Crumb is like 17 and she's 14, so like, oh, you know, they're in school, they're in high school, basically, like that seems fine. What is actually interesting, though, that I haven't thought about until you guys brought this up is that... JKR clearly knows what the age of consent is in the UK, and they're still kind of like, whatever, we're just, you know. And I actually find that more worthy of discussion than, like, sort of, the sort of complicated question about that, like, people are having about, like, teens having relationships with other teens, essentially. Where it's like, mm -hmm. she's written this in a book for kids that kids in the UK are going to read and are like obviously sort of you know aware when you like you hit puberty and you're like you have these yeah. conversations and awareness and you're sort of like and like thankfully obviously Victor Crumb is like a great dude but it's just weird that you would have that in your children's book if unlike you know a sort of without like examining it or maybe without anyone being like mm-hmm. actually JKR this seems like a thing you wouldn't want to have in your book for 14-year-olds. I mean, the consent laws are also about sex, and there's nothing to indicate that Crumb and Hermione are having sex or oh, yeah. intend I don't to are. have sex. Yeah. I mean, my point was around that it's kind of weird for him to invite her away, because I feel like that's that, weird. That's definitely when you're 15. I mean, presumably to his parents' house, though, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, but like... I don't know. I have, like, fairly chill parents and there is no way on earth they would let me go to a different country to stay with an older boy when I was 15. There is no way in hell. But I do think, yeah, it's it's an interesting point that, yeah, what ended up coming out of it when we discussed this on our podcast and as we got fed feedback from other people is, okay, everyone coming from different cultures is going to view this differently, basically around how the age of consent was, like, treated and the age it is in your country. But J.K. Rowling is a British writer, so you're right. It's strange that she doesn't actually view it in the same way we come to it as, which is like, whoa, they're crossing that kind of 16 boundary, which in the UK is a bit of, like, a, a thing. Okay, I think we could probably talk about this forever, but we shouldn't. (laughs) So um, I want to bring up, we do a a tone watch of the ways that uh, women in this series are described as speaking when they're upset. And we Mm. get Hermione saying something waspishly in this chapter. Put that on the list, whoever is <laughs> racking them up. What? After she's been bullied both by her schoolmates and by a grown-ass fucking woman in a national publication. Yep. No, she's but clearly touchy. she's the issue, yeah. obviously. How dare she yeah. be annoyed at being slammed in like a national publication? And this is before she even realizes how far it's gone. Bear in mind, in the coming chapters, she gets hate mail and then gets like slammed by Mrs. Weasley. She oh has no idea how bad this is going to get yet. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the misogyny that happens to Hermione about all this is very much like and everyone's like oh poor Harry poor Victor <laughs> and it's like they'll be fine 
they're both rich dudes they'll be yeah. fine <laughs> and also this is writing stories about a 14 year old the wizarding world is small people are reading this and one day Hermione's gonna apply for jobs and her name is gonna be out there as just like she's dated multiple men like at uh, least they don't have Google. The lack of protection, but yeah. I mean, considering that they every... sure don't. <laughs> they can't even find things in the library. So, <laughs> I mean, really, it's a good thing that when Hermione graduates and is looking for a job, half of the country has been murdered because she's like, "Who are you going to find?" <laughs> really? <laughs> I'll wait here yeah. while you try to go find someone. You're hiring me. <laughs> also, <laughs> what's so absurd, though, is the fact that it's, like, this, like, nerdy girl has allegedly dated two, like, incredibly famous wizards, and yet the rest of the school is shaming her for it. It's like, that's cool as fuck. Like, yeah, how did you get, like, praised for doing that in well school? Done. I thought it was like, really interesting that people were teasing her about being the thing Victor Crumb would like most, considering that every girl in school has been following him around, like, drooling in his lap since he got to the school. But I think it's the kind of teasing that comes from, like, jealousy. Jealousy. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Although we did question heavily in that chapter, like, that Harry's is the only realistic thing he would love most, because, <laughs> miss most, because, and Fleur's, because the other two, like, are you telling me that you <laughs> like your crush more than you like your mum, your sister, or your yeah. best friend? I mean, yeah. probably realistic for 16-year-olds, to be honest, but I still. Mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that episode of our podcast is coming out later today when I remember ah. to post it. But, um, yes, it is quite strange. Um, I think if nothing else, at least Ginny gave Hermione a high five. Yeah. Ginny's Ginny's been rooting for this ever since she knew about Crumb inviting her, Hermione to the Yule Ball and no one else did. Yeah. So this is like, Ginny is like, this is, this is my show right now. (laughs) I need to know how this ends. (laughs) so glad Hermione has Ginny that she has like a female friend that the book tells her she confides in by this book because like those boys are not a good enough friend to her they hate gossip like she just needs her and Ginny in the dormitory talking about her kissing Victor Crumb like yes I love it yeah she needs a friend that is interested in Hermione's inner personal life and not just for her intellect (laughs) yep Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. I I gotta say, the fact that Ron is like, my mom calls them scarlet women, I'm like, so this is canonical proof then that there are sex workers in the witching world. (laughs) Good for them. Is there a brothel? Are they organized? I'm just deeply curious, but I'm like, glad they exist. I looked it up and apparently it means adulterer and not sex worker. I was disappointed to learn that. I guess then the witching world is just very sexually conservative, which we already knew because everyone... I mean, it is the world's (laughs) oldest profession. There are sex workers in the witching world. They're in Nocturne Alley. Oh, there are 100% sex workers. Yes. But I don't think that's who Molly Weasley was referring to. (sighs) Sorry. It's okay. I'm now imagining like... (laughs) a red light system in Diagon Alley sorry but like they don't have lights it's like some sort of like red flame thing oh my god it's just flame <laughs> you can walk through the flames to get into the brawl yes. that'd be cool that'd be Actually, cool as fuck. magical flames that like detected intentions or like <gasps> concealment charms Whoa, no, that'd, that'd be, be really great, great. yeah someone I mean, that, write that <laughs> that's definitely why they didn't want Harry in um what's it called 
Nocturne Alley. Nocturne Alley. Nocturne Alley. Yeah. All yeah. the waffles. Yeah. I'm thinking about how cool wizarding strip clubs would be. Like when you have magic and stripping combined, like wow, you could strip on a broom. Mm-hmm. This amazing. You're like midair, like upside down over the crowd. Yes. That'd be so cool. Oh my God. I would like to return to the foreshadowing that mm. we get in this chapter because in addition to the boom slang skin drop, we also have the fact that while they're having this conversation about how Rita could have possibly heard Hermione and Crumb talking, they are grinding up beetles. Oh! <laughs> so good. So good. That's so funny. Right? It's. I yeah. had never clocked that. Oh, sorry. I just got it. I was like, wow. sorry. I was thinking ahead, and then I was like, wait. Oh yeah, that is incredible. Mm. That's also pretty gross. To grind up beetles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if they're, I'm like, if it's dry, I feel like it's fine. But if they're still gooey, then it's very, very gross. Ugh, <laughs> dried up like powdered yeah. Yeah. beetles yeah if they're the way that the powder is described it makes i assume that also they were dried or, of some kind yeah imagine if like rita had tried to spy on that lesson <laughs> <laughs> my cousin <laughs> which is actually an interesting question because if you die in your animagus form, do you just revert back to being a person, or is it? No, like... I think you die in real life. Well, no, I mean you die in real life, but is your body still like oh, an animal, yeah. or do you revert back into your human? Oh my god! Imagine someone's like grinding up a beetle in their pestle mortar, <laughs> oh, whichever no. one is which, and then suddenly there's a whole human body oh, on no. the table. <laughs> but also slightly matched. Totally. Oh, consistent because peter loses a finger yeah and yet even though rats only have four claws not five the rat <laughs> is missing a thing like which doesn't make any sense but the injuries but like, do carry over what would happen then if say you cut mcgonagall's tail off as a cat because <gasps> she mcgonagall doesn't have a tail so oh, yeah. would you damage her spine look we've discussed multiple times a where did the clothes go B, more importantly, where does the wand go? Where does it go? Does it get transformed into you? You can't be leaving your wand behind. I don't understand. <laughs> I think if you cut off McGonagall's tail, she'd have a scar, like, over her butt where, like, the end of your spine ends. Because, mm. like, isn't there, like, a a bone that's, like, a vestal tail? Mm. Like, coccyx, your tailbone? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like, the bone where your tail was. <laughs> the bone, yeah, your tailbone. <laughs> It's really painful if you fall down on your bum. Mm, yeah. Yep. Broke that when I was five. It was the oh! worst. Oh, How no. did you break it? It's like pretty brutal. Uh, I was like balance beaming on the on the footboard of my parents' bed and like slipped and just like landed. So it was like an inch oh! an inch wide. So like yeah, it just like broke. And there's nothing you can do. You just like it just hurts for a year while it heals. Oh. Oh my god. Yeah, it was terrible. Lovely. Oh, <laughs> anyway. you, I think you folks are younger than us, right? I, How if old you had cell phones in school, I'm 35. No! no. I, I am. Jesse's 36. <laughs> no! Almost 37. Yeah, I'll be 37 this year. So 
drop the skincare yeah. routine. I need the skincare what the routine. Fuck? Oh, it's, it's just it's, it's all it's all it's all genetics. I have a negative skincare routine. <laughs> I, I think it's just like being queer because it just seems to come with like chronic baby face. But, but I'm queer and I have wrinkles. <laughs> Actually, I told you earlier you looked young when you were looking at me kind of weirdly. <laughs> weirdly? <laughs> oh, no. No, she was asking me to do something and she was looking up at me like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're... I'm 27, almost 28. I'm the same age. We're, we're born a month apart. <laughs> okay. So then my Alex Mack reference is going to fall flat here. The great TV show from the 90s where a kid... <laughs> gets chemicals spilled on her and then gets magic powers. But one of those is that she can like morph into like the Capri Sun commercial goo and then like reform into a person. And in that (laughs) there's like a series of episodes where she's learning how to take her clothes with her when she morphs. Because like at first they get left behind and then she learns how to concentrate and like eventually she can take other people with her if she like focuses hard enough. So I am now imagining that when you first start learning to be an animagus you are naked when you come back but like over time you learn how to take everything that's on your person with you when you transform i don't know what it is about fantasy writers that refuse to include this kind of thing in because i'm like everyone i've met is fascinated by this and now i'm just thinking of the bits in twilight where their clothes rip off them but when they come back as wolves they're still wearing shorts but they've lost the other parts of their clothes but they're wearing shorts they're just like denim cut-offs but their t-shirt has been ripped to sheds but not the jorts like why does no fantasy writer want to explain where clothes go to me Great question. It's addressed in Buffy. Oz loses all of his clothes when he turns into a werewolf. Yeah, actually, actually, I also think it's addressed in the Twilight books, where yeah, they're just naked. Oh, they have it? they have to have people bring them clothing. But heaven forbid there be nudity in a movie in the U.S. So they have <laughs> to mean, wear shorts. You have, you've got to assume in the Wizarding World that they have clothes. The, they transform with their clothes because McGonagall does it in front of the class and also McGonagall's cat form has glasses marking. So if your glasses are staying on, your clothes are staying on. Could you totally. imagine if she was just stark naked? naked just... <laughs> I mean, I do like to imagine. I absolutely like to imagine. <laughs> That's really not good pedagogy. Like, we're talking about bad teaching in the Wizarding World. Appearing naked in front of your class, that's bad teaching. She could have one of those folding screens in the corner so then she just like goes back there as a cat and puts her clothes back on and comes back out then they've ruined the magic of the transformation someone else go i forgot where we are i actually seem to accidentally combine all my politics and editorial notes which might be why that section got so long yeah i kind of did as well because i was like these are all vaguely political but also yeah not. we're sorry no, you don't apologize <laughs> it happens it happens all the time even i was like man does this thing about snape threatening students privacy where does that go yeah where the general rule is snape? if it would require a trigger warning it goes in politics because uh, that section is our like built-in content warning so that nice. we don't have to give content warnings um, basically that's a smart way of doing it very wise unless we talk about something that you're like how did this come up in this episode? Because then I still do. I want yeah, people yeah. to like be able to predict what we'll talk about in there based on what's in the chapter. Um, okay, so nothing else here for anyone? 
No. No. Cool. Welcome to the personal section where we talk about sexy stuff. I've got a lot more notes here because this is a a fun, flirty chapter. What the hell does that say? Charlie, you say things while I work out what this says. (laughs) I actually somehow, despite sex being my favourite thing to talk about, didn't write anything for this. I think because anything I had was about like age gaps, so I put it in politics. That's fair enough. I enjoyed the bit where Hermione is pondering how Rita Skeeter overheard her, and she's like, "Okay, so, but I said this, and and Victor said this, and we were by the lake, and Ron in between every sentence is going, but what did you reply? But what did you reply? But what did you reply? (laughs) And this is on the many instances where Harry is just watching these two, like clearly something is going on and Harry's just like cool I'm just gonna ignore all of this <laughs> and I am never gonna ask Ron ever if he fancies Hermione until the chapter we just did in book six where Harry goes I had an inkling this might happen it's like talk to your friend yeah but he probably doesn't want it to happen no he know? doesn't if they talk about it either he's gonna be like tacitly encouraging it which God, I would not do if I was Harry. Or he's going to have to be like, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's all, also terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would feel so left out if like two, if his two best friends hooked up. You yeah. Know? So... Yeah. Charlie it's deals very with it just rude. fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I knew you first when you were together. I know you did. You knew us as a couple. There yeah. was a long pause there. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> So long as you don't break up, it's fine. Oh, God. It's also fine if you break up. <laughs> I understand. It is Neil. <laughs> you love him more than me. Yeah. Um, and then my <laughs> other favourite, like, fun, sexy thing in this chapter was the utter ridiculousness of Harry when he's like, what if Snape gives me Veritaserum? He's listing the things that might be found out. He's like, I'm holding all these secrets, you know, that, like, where Sirius is hidden, like, huge secret. Sirius could be killed. And the fact I fancy a girl. It's like, <laughs> Harry, these two things are not equatable. Like, I know that fancying girls is embarrassing when you're 14, but this is not on the same level as no. serious fact you're yeah. caught, tortured, and killed. It's also like, Harry, every time Joe's around, you turn into like a blubbering buffoon. Like, I think people know. I think the whole school knows. <laughs> He just goes, like, bright red and just starts, like, fidgeting. And then he's like, I'm so glad no one knows about my crush. (laughs) The hair flip that you just did. I'm so (laughs) sad that that can't translate to audio. It was perfect. (laughs) It was really good. Um, And I don't know why I didn't ever think about the fact that it must be very obvious that Harry, to everyone else, because I was thinking this chapter, I'm like, Ron, you're just so obvious that you're just so jealous that someone Mm -hmm. else is dating Hermione. And it's, it's obvious to everyone. And I'm like, oh, it's probably so obvious to everyone about Harry. He's like... I like to think Harry also, just whenever Cho's around, just has a raging erection just sticking through his cloak. <laughs> and he's like, absolutely no one can tell. <laughs> if he's wearing both pants and a robe, I mean... We don't want to talk about what they're wearing under the robes because it stresses us the fuck out. We no, have I'm been saying, over and... 
a lot of layers of clothes but between remember him and his... pants and British English is underwear Jesse. oh sorry <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> but we have come to the conclusion that they're wearing some form of um tight onesie style pajama under their robe <laughs> all right <laughs> the, the the pure blood wizards are and then the muggleborns are wearing muggle clothes and there is a difference <laughs> that checks out yeah the pure blood pure bloods definitely have weird underwear you're totally right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like long johns like yeah the ones with like yeah. the button flap on the butt you yeah you got it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's what malfoy's wearing under his robe oh my god <laughs> yeah it is but they're like silk they're like yeah. ridiculous yeah. and i'm sure harry finds it convenient later on all right jesse the only thing i had is that victor crumb is so cute he's like try he was like hermione's describing him trying to have this moment with her where it's like so i saved you from this lake i think you should come meet my family this summer and she's like he's like trying to have this moment and it's just really cute but she's like okay bar my friends (laughs) and i'm like Oh, Victor. Oh, Victor. Victor is my favorite himbo. I I love love him so much. I do love him. Himbo is the perfect word to describe Victor. I just think he's too... He he likes Hermione too much and he's too serious. She wants someone who is, you know, A, slightly mean to her and B, funny. Because (laughs) Victor is just not doing it, even though he adores her and is an international Quidditch player. Yeah. And so we think that Victor is part Vila also. Or is Avila? I don't remember which one we've landed on. And I think that part of what he really likes about Hermione is that it doesn't work on her. Like, it's working on everyone else, and she's just like, whatever, get out of my library. And he's like, oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) So into that. I love that theory. That's so good. Hermione is living the fan fiction where, like, a girl that doesn't like One Direction gets dragged to a One Direction (laughs) concert by her friends, and she stood there reading a book when Harry Styles notices the fact that she doesn't care, and he's like wow, you're not like other girls. That's me attempting to do like an American doing a fake British accent. It didn't really work. Uh, it sounded like you were doing a farmer accent. Yeah, it kind of Why? Just... You're not like other girls. Yeah, I, I'm not good at accents. What can I say? But um, yeah, he's all like, I'm Harry Stoyles. Are you trying to do a Northern accent? No, I don't do what Americans sound like when they do impressions of Brits. But um, anyway, that's that's what Hermione is. She's in that fan fiction. She's just reading her book, not caring about the celebrity. And he's like, wow, you don't care that I'm famous. And she's like, huh? Huh? Who are you? Get out. Which, exactly. What a great first boyfriend to have, though. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Like honestly. that, definitely the fantasy. Um, yeah, she definitely like... I don't know. I like to think she has more self-confidence in herself from this point onwards in the books because, like, damn, Victor Crumb like me. Like, you you got to work hard. <laughs> and then she settles for a run. <sighs> Actually, it was really sad when I first read the last book and she brushes off Victor and I'm like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> I am or... the world's biggest ron and hermione fan but right now i am in ron's worst point in book six and even i am like kill him kill him kill him yeah i mean the only explanation for hermione's awful taste in men is clearly that she's a bi woman 
Because you have the worst taste in them. No, I think like <laughs> most bi women do. I think it's like part of the identity. Like, you know, you have all these amazing, glorious, gorgeous women to date and you just date. Go for Ron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is a tragic conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. It's like every bi girl I know is like dating like a League of Legends player. <laughs> I'm so sorry to anyone that plays League of Legends. <laughs> I might be projecting. <laughs> I think you are just a tad. Mm-hmm. You gotta hold out for the bi wife energy, guys, if you're gonna date men, I think. Yeah. Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about magic and science and magical science. Like one year ago, I changed the description of this section. And to this day, I still cannot remember what it is, even though it's the (laughs) same as all of our other podcasts. (laughs) Like this one was the outlier and now it's the same thing. And I, I trip every fucking week. Anyway, here we are. Um, Jesse, you did a lot of research for this episode, so will you please lead? Okay. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about IRL truth serums. <laughs> oh, okay. Because it's really interesting. Um, there, so just off the bat, there is no drug or drugs that like accurately and effectively gets people to tell the truth. And, uh, a lot of, uh, governments and law enforcements have tried Mostly with like mind altering drugs mm. that, and the thought behind that is that like if you can sort of suppress the like nervous system, higher brain stuff, and get people in like that are basically relaxed and high, uh, that if you ask them, the theory is if you ask them to give you the truth, it would be too hard to make up a lie, right? And so they just tell you the truth, um, which. Does it work actually well in real life? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it actually just make you extremely suggestible? You're really suggestible or you just say a bunch of weird shit because you're yeah. on a barbiturate or a hallucinogen. Mm, um, not the best way to interview someone, I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. No. So like the US apparently experimented with like barbiturates, uh, LSD, mescaline, weed. And this is sort of where this these stories of like the FBI in the fifties and sixties during the cold war, like Mm. dousing people with LSD to see what happens and like not telling them is to try (laughs) to figure out if they could use LSD Mm, to get people to tell the truth or mainly it's it's to see if, you know, people who are, are, were like actually like loyal to the U S and not like selling secrets to the Russians or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Did they not just try tequila? (laughs) So (laughs) historically, this has been a thing since the Romans. I mean, there's that whole, what is it, in vino veritas, where it's like, with wine, truth. And that's mm. sort of like, yeah, people, drunk people just, will just say shit. Yeah. A bunch of shit. And sometimes it's like, let me tell you the secret. <laughs> but again, like, not super accurate. And mm. also part of why this isn't super accurate is that, like, memory isn't like a recording, you yeah. know? Like... And a lot of things, truth is subjective anyway. So what you're getting isn't necessarily going to be an accurate sense of like, quote unquote, the truth Mm -hmm. or, you know, someone trying to recall something like, where is a hidden stash of weapons or whatever. Mm. So basically, and like, obviously the 
ethical implications of this are pretty big. Like, it's outlawed to try to use truth serums with, like, prisoners of war. And, like, the European Court of Human Rights considered it a hum- considers it a human rights violation to use it. And in the U.S., it looks like it's sort of covered by the Fifth Amendment, which is the right to remain silent. Mm. But that didn't stop police from using it on people, even though it seemed like in courts, the courts are like, we can't, we can't fucking use this. Yeah. Um, Cause it's like, this, this isn't like an, like an accurate, mm. truthful That thing. person also accused you of being made of bugs. I don't think we can. <laughs> right. <laughs> that person told you how beautiful you were and how much they loved your hair, which was true, but not an accurate representation. So yeah, I mean, so in short, all of those spy movies where it's like, we're going to give this guy a shot and he's going to mm. tell us where the Russian secrets are at, it's it's all fake. It's- that does, just what you're talking about raises some like interesting questions that we don't have to go into, but just in general about how Veritaserum works in terms of it can only be making you tell the truth that you know. Like, it right. cannot make you tell more than you know. They also obviously raised the question of the fact, why isn't Veritaserum used in trials in the wizarding world? Like, why isn't it used on Sirius Black? It's absolutely ridiculous. But the questions that it also raises, I think, links back to um, the Pensieve as well, because you said, like, memory is subjective, which is absolutely true. But memory in, like, the wizarding world is often seen as, like, absolute, because, like, we see memories exactly as they were, exactly as they happened, like a film being played. And I think it would be so interesting at some point in the book, although we get it slightly with, like, Slughorn's memory being tampered with. That's it being physically tampered with. It would be so cool at some point to see something within the wizarding world where memories as they were taken appear differently in two different people who are looking at the same event because you process memory differently yeah as someone with a really bad memory i love the point that you brought up about if you just don't remember then it's not gonna work yeah truth serum would never work on me i don't remember anything (laughs) and like and yeah to have this point as well with like the pensive like that's really interesting because what i would love to see is like drunk memories because i'm the worst at like when i'm drunk i don't really even when i remember stuff i don't trust my own memories and i will also like i don't even have to drink a lot to just fully like not blackout blackout like i'm still you know functioning normal not even that drunk but i just won't remember like large chunks um just because my memory is bad anyway and i think alcohol like perpetuates that but yeah i would love what would happen if you took one of the nights when I had a few drinks and I don't remember a lot of it and put that into the pensive? Mm. Like, what would you see? Nothing? Would it just be like memory, 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 yeah. blank? I feel like both... The pe- what, we're, what we're getting at here is both the pensive and veritaserum are viewed as quite absolute in the wizarding world. Like, they, they're they not going to make you tell the truth. You know they're going to make you tell the truth. It's not going to show the memory of what you thought you saw. It's going to show you the memory like it's a film. And that's probably a reflection of the fact, at the end of the day, these are children's books and how memory is processed and how you view truth is quite a complex issue. But, like, I'm now imagining, like, a more... Ha- adult harry potter story where we get to explore like how truth is processed and what you believe to be true and how memory is processed and like it's based on your lived experiences Mm. how you process memories but that's the thing because veritas serum can't just be like absolute truth because otherwise like you you could just give someone veritas serum veritas serum and be like how do we defeat voldemort yeah 
It's you know? gonna be something you know. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think in a better writer, this would work better. But again, <laughs> yeah, she is not a good enough writer to accurately tackle the sort of uh, deeper complexity of memory and truth. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think it would be so interesting to see the like Snape bullying scene from Lupin's perspective. Yes. Mm. Yes, definitely. Who's like definitely the least biased of the three people we could potentially access that memory from. Yeah. And I think I would love Slughorn's tampered memory to not be explained in the way that he magically tampered with it to I think there's a better way of explaining it with the fact that he was so ashamed of what he did. He rewrote his own memory and it would take actual like counseling and work to try to uncover the real one because over 50 years he has truly rewritten his own memory which we know humans are capable of doing we do it all the time we remember what we want to remember yeah yeah sorry that was a total tangent but i just found that very interesting about like the absoluteness versus like the the actual way that truth and memory are processed yeah yeah something we talk about on our podcast is how jk rowling is in some ways like an amazing world builder and then in other ways is really not a very good world builder and it's really like patchy and she doesn't really fully expand on things like and in a way I think that's part of the reason that people love to talk about Harry Potter so much because we have so much like rich detail to talk about but also massive gaps of unexplained things that means that there is so much to talk about because you can sit here and have discussions about how magic works because she never explained it because you know she's not an incredible writer sometimes yeah (laughs) yeah i one of the things because i think that gets talked about a lot in terms of like people trying to understand like what makes harry potter so good for fandom right is like bad world building But a thing that we found in making Escape from Reality, which is about the Simon Snow books, is like that has an incredible magic system. It's really well thought out. And the way that spells work in that book, have either of you read it? No. Okay, you should. They're very good. Um, Is that like spells are created by things that people say a lot. So like cliches are spells like things that get quoted a lot are spells so it's the the more something is said in a like consistent repeated way the more magically powerful it is Mm. and so like there is an established very clear magic system but also that means that you can sit there forever and be like what would what would this song do what spell Mm. what what words would you use to like do this task because like you have all of all of culture to pull from and it's so fun like all the time we'll be like what spell would we use for this like what song would work for this thing in a recent episode jesse was like what what spell would you do to like duplicate money or something like that (laughs) and we couldn't figure it out you were like there's probably a rap song and then in our instagram comments someone was like i just got like the preview on my phone and they were like (laughs) So it was just like the first half. It was like, you asked in like what rap song? And that was where like the dot, dot, dots went. And I was like, oh, it's the my money don't jiggle jiggle thing from TikTok. <laughs> and then I opened the Instagram comment and it was them being like, it's that song from TikTok. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, clearly. I can't believe we didn't think of that while we were talking. 
I love that. <laughs> I, so good. Sounds like I definitely need to read that. They're so fun. You should. You should. If you love a gay slow burn, you're gonna oh, have the, the most fun. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> She's done. Say no more. Buy it tomorrow. <laughs> um. Okay. What else do we have in this magic science section? I unfortunately had nothing, which makes me so sad because the science of magic and like things like that is, you know, we once researched how fast can owls fly to work out whether these are magical owls, but unfortunately I don't have any notes on this section of this chapter, which makes me angry because, yeah, we love researching how fast an owl can fly. Mm -hmm. We once timetabled the entire end of book five to work out whether it was possible to fit in a night. (laughs) it's not (laughs) this is good to know (laughs) yeah let me know when you get there if you want my timetable we give it to you yeah I've got a spreadsheet (laughs) amazing we will definitely be hitting you up okay so I just want to talk a little bit about the real uses magical uses of ginger because we very rarely see them using IRL witchcraft ingredients in Mm. the you know Harry Potter witching world um, so I was like really stoked. I was like, ginger, that's like a real witchcraft item. So I looked it up a little bit because they're using it. They're making a wit sharpening potion. Uh, so ginger has tons of uses. I'm not going to go into all of them, but very consistently on all of the goofy Wicca sites that I was accessing this information from, everything was like the ginger is great to add energy to spells. So it makes really good sense actually that it would be in a witch sharpening potion that's i'm sure that that was an accident but (laughs) i'm still glad that it's true yeah huh i like that i feel like jkr has been known to look into what certain ingredients do like there's that whole thing in the first book about like the ingredients that snape says and they all actually have meanings but yeah i feel like by this point in the book she was just writing totally random ingredients and being like meh yeah that i'm just gonna write whatever i want armadillo bile (laughs) why not any other animals bile (laughs) are they are they importing armadillos from the u.s i'm just like it's all you imagine you're like farming armadillos to make them throw (laughs) up into like what are you what are you even doing we should have looked up like armadillo symbolism to see if it makes sense for like something having to do with mind prowess of course yeah he spilled armadillo bile at the end yeah what the hell is that why an armadillo all I can all I can think about with this is I'm like this is what all the ADHD Hogwarts students need I'm like someone get this to Neville stat (laughs) yeah I just like really nerdily um, for context me and Hannah work in the beauty industry when you said about ginger being energizing I was like I swear that kind of links to the skincare benefits of ginger and I looked it up and ginger is good for the appearance of wrinkles and fine lines and uh, good for cellulite and it's like that's energizing (laughs) so what is the link between witchcraft and skincare skincare (laughs) oh tons yeah definitely yeah all the I can't remember the na- the goofy names of the sites that I was looking at, but they also they were like, here are the medicinal properties, here are the topical properties, here's the spellcraft properties. So, yeah, I mean, which hazel comes to mind immediately? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am now imagining the girls 
in Hogwarts or like whoever is interested in doing it sneaking off to make skincare potions that like and like the same way you do face masks in school they're up in the dormitories brewing like oh yeah we're gonna add ginger to it because it's gonna make us look more youthful (laughs) yeah the sort of lack of anything femme in these books yes also really frustrating where I'm just like yes someone has a side hustle where they're making like shampoo and skin I mean not shampoo but like skincare products like whatever the like you know top femmes in potions they're like no meet meet me meet me down in the great hall I can sell you this stuff yeah and honestly one of my biggest questions in Harry Potter and this is reflection of my other interests is are there makeup spells or are they just using normal makeup Mm. we never know we never I mean because we know that Hermione is like the hair uh straightening potion Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm which yikes but also like that implies that they do have like magical cosmetic like, beauty, beauty yeah, products, products. Yeah. i think you would have both yeah i feel know? like it would be a mixture i feel like probably the muggle-born students become like dealers like, yeah but like they yeah, do you want some yeah, they foundation? take like orderless and they go home for christmas and they go into yeah. their, their local drugstore and just like I yeah. think it would be like you're using makeup, but there's like a spell to make it so that like your wings are like actually even on both sides mm. or like a oh, spell to apply good. false lashes without like looking mm. like a mess, you know, there's or like an actual water, like an actual smear proof lipstick. Yes. Yes. Oh, or you could put mascara on them, put a spell on it. So it's actually waterproof. Oh, this is good. <laughs> this is good. But then we know if there's like weirdly niche spells, like the one that made Hermione's teeth longer and then like made them shorter could you not in theory do that to like a lot I guess it's like general transfiguration but then surely there must be like half of the like um oh god what's it called the like hospital ward like just filled with girls that have tried to transfigure their eyelashes to be longer yes and have just accidentally like Like, caused complete havoc burnt their face yes a hundred percent there is I can definitely see things like that being quite dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. In the same way as like IRL. So just be careful what you put in your eyes, you know? Yes. Or in your hair, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that too. Mm -hmm. All I I gotta say is I'm glad that we ended on that it's too bad that Harry does not wear more makeup so he can know more about magical makeup. Agree. Um, This was super fun. Thank you both so much for joining us. Can you please tell our listeners where they can find you? You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, at Goblet of Wine Podcast. And then we are on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And we are very funny on TikTok, all under Goblet of Wine Pod or Podcast, depending on the character length of different platforms. (laughs) Yeah, and thank you guys so much for having us on. This was really good fun. It was weird jumping backwards from where we are. <laughs> yeah. We're I normally kept... behind, so we're normally like jumping forwards. Yeah, I've never jumped backwards before and it was good. I was like, oh yeah, look, Ron's even less mature. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys so much for having us on. And you guys are on an episode of ours, which already exists a few weeks ago so yeah if anyone's looking for a place to jump into our podcast i would recommend the episode with with you lovely lot because it's it's a really good episode it was really fun i will link all of that in the show notes and i also wanted to plug 
You have a document of fan-made Harry Potter stuff, I assume mostly in the UK, which people ask us for all the time, and I'm like, I can't help you. So It's actually pretty split, and I have been asked to uh, add in a column of where it is available, which when I have a free few hours, I'm going to do. But yes, we have a document called How to enjoy harry potter without funding jk rowling thank you it is like a working document that we put together so people can submit to it as well yeah um and it is i say constantly being updated have i updated it in the last month no but it is being semi-regularly updated and it contains how to watch the films how to download the books how to um, illegally uh, (laughs) illegally it contains um clothing pins uh wizard rock um literally anything you could want that's unlicensed does not fund jk rowling or is completely unlicensed because that's also another like blurry line um so yes you can check that out it's a great resource um and i am i think i'm gonna if if it's cool with you i'm going to link to that in our firing guide because that is the one thing that i do not have the energy to do is compile those things so we can work together yes Yes, absolutely actually we should add your thing into our thing and then it'll be like a full circle it sounds perfect um cool thank you again this was the best and uh, so much fun yeah thank you Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet, and thanks again to Hannah and Charlie for joining us. We didn't do an advert in this one, so just remember, all the places you can find us and ways to support us are in the show notes. And until next time. Hypnotic. Slander. Privacy. Barbiturates.